Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, The Conscious Kitchen. I'm Liz, a 21st century hippie, and by that I mean I'm into all things plant-based, eco-friendly, but I hug my laptop as much as I hug trees. I'm also a photographer and marketing consultant who works with brands trying to reach conscious consumers around the world. Laura and I call LA home. We know our city and we want to share the stories of women around us. Fashion, lifestyle, politics, inspiration, and food, we'll talk about it all. Hey guys, I'm Laura, a modern day renaissance woman, designer, entrepreneur, and a creative director for all things fashion, music, and lifestyle. I do a little bit of everything. I love beauty, I indulge in wellness, and I love to eat. I can't wait to tell you more. Hey guys, welcome to the Conscious Kitchen. And we have an amazing, an amazing host today. Her name is Lauren Mack. She's a good friend of mine that we used to party in Los Angeles for many, many, many years back at the Dover in Los Angeles. We used to go shake our asses and have fun and drink and have the best time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lauren Mack, she's an interior designer. She's a new mom and a previous interior design co-host on the daytime talk show, The Fab Life, which was co-hosted with Chrissy Teigen and Joe Z. And Lauren is just a basically an all-around badass mom whose smile and laughter just commands the room when she walks in. So, Lauren, welcome. Thank you! God, I'm so... What a great entrance. Can I just... Can you just follow me around and say that to people? (laughs) (laughs) For real, that was great. Thank you, Lauren, for coming. We're so excited that you're here. Oh, I'm so honored to be here, you guys. This is such a great opportunity. Thank you for for, for having me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Yes. Um, So we're going to be talking about motherhood. Right, Liz? Yes, motherhood and success is a topic today. You know, so many of us think that sometimes when you become a mother that... You know, it's, it becomes difficult to juggle, and it does, but sometimes people think you may lose what you've been working towards. Right. But there are so many moms today that are really just showing us that that is not the case. Right. Lauren being one of them. Thank you. Yeah. It's, thank you so much. That's such an honor because, you know, you get overwhelmed being a parent, and certainly I'm a single mother, which adds a whole other layer to the anxiety and the uncertainty but also the feeling of jubilation and success once you you know every day I pull off I'm like whoo I did it yeah it's <laughs> very true I mean you should really be proud of yourself you know thank you thank you very much I I'm learning to be proud of myself you know it's like this there's a lot of like you know I think every parent faces shame and guilt and you know like I said uncertainty like am I doing this right am I not screwing this person up um, but there's a lot of like patience that comes along with it, you know, and then the practicing of like being conscious and aware of what you're doing and just so you ju- just, and just being forgiving of yourself, you know, if you, if you don't, if you make a mistake. Yeah. A lot of learning. Mm-hmm. Lots and of I think learning. as a parent, you just have to constantly be forgiving of your child, of yourself, you know what I right. mean? And just kind of like breathe <laughs> as, as your parent along the way. Yeah. So before we get too into the motherhood, yes, <laughs> let's talk about you. Tell okay. us, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you've been up to, how sure. you got to where you are. Sure. So I'm originally from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Shout out Thunder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, born and raised there, and I actually um, kind of grew up in an, as an artsy kid. I was really big into graffiti and um, street art. 
And uh, so that was kind of my passion oh, growing up. Cool. Well, it wasn't kind of my passion. It was my only passion. It's Did like you all used I ever to do? Wanted. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, yes, girl. I used to tag all over. What? Yes. What and was like, your tiger name? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed to even say it now. <laughs> Lickety Split. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my moniker was Split, though, right? And so that nice. was my, like, street name. Uh, and I had this, like, super badass uh, crew, we called ourselves Illusion. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Dude, super nerdy, but like at the time we were the hot shit. Dude, crew names and we all, back then were the best. Right? Yes. <laughs> Illusion crew. And we all had Hondas and like drove around with oh our like little, little souped up Hondas. So it was actually my dream that I was going to sell my Honda and uh-huh. travel to Europe and be a street artist and like learn, you know, from my friends how to, how to do, be a street artist. And that was my goal. But my mama was like, no, you're taking your black ass to college. I didn't (laughs) put all this time and energy into you to go sit up, spray painting buildings for the rest of your life. Yes. And so I was like, oh, man, okay. so how could I put my like love of art and 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 I'd grown up with a mother who who liked to flip houses. That was her her side hustle. And so I thought, how can I learn how to use my, you know, love of art with my kind of innate and sort of weekend warrior, you know, flip house flipping abilities. And I thought, you know what, let's just try interior design and see what that would do for me. And my first day of college, I was like, oh, shit, this is what I should do. Like, I just knew that I fell into it that easily. And I loved it. Mm. And so there I was, I was like, here I am in Oklahoma and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State University is an interior design major. And I thought, oh, I can't do this here. You know, I really wanted to like see what the world had to offer. So I decided to enroll in college in California, and I actually did a national exchange program versus an international exchange program, oh. so I was able to save a little money. I've always been a hustler girl. Nice. And I was, I was like, let me just save a little bit of money yeah. and, and, and go to an out-of-state school. And so I moved to L.A., sight unseen, packed up my little Jeep, drove across the country— and got to California, and I was like, oh, this is what it's all wow. about. Like, so you actually got money to come to California? They, they took off money for you to come Well, to yeah, you pay in-state tuition. In-state. Instead of, wow. like, and like yeah, that's what, Usually they charge you out of state, which is double. Right. So if there's a national exchange program oh. as opposed to an international exchange program. Oh, cool. So I just got to kind of, like, exchange myself, you know, oh. and, and pay the in-state tuition, which oh, was much great. cheaper. Mm-hmm. So that's how I hustled my way through college, I guess you could say, and, like— Paid the paid the paid a more affordable tuition. Definitely. And I also gained residency, so then the th- second and third year, I, I was able to just pay the state oh, tuition, perfect. which is so much cheaper, right? What a life hack! Yeah, that's a life hack, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so um, there I was in California, and I loved it. I really did, and it was such a great great experience for me. And then. Um, Right out of college, I got a really great job designing model homes for a model home merchandising uh, company here in Los Angeles. And, you know, they're, they're the ones that build those models that you go to see when they build a new neighborhood. And um, it was so much fun. It gave me so much information about how to design for a house and, like, like a, create a formula for design, essentially. And um, that was really awesome. And then the market was starting to burst on the the design world. Or, what year was me, that around? This is about two thousand like six and seven. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, right when the when the right. market was crashing, mm-hmm. and you know, I had this professional job, and I was out, I was partying with Laura on the in the in the night, and oh my like God. working my butt off in the day. <laughs> so much good, <laughs> getting vibes. like two hours of sleep. Yeah, I know, right? Super uh, good vibes. That's youth, girl. Because in those days, you could actually like, get two hours of sleep. Now I'm like. I'm barely pulling out. I could barely get 10 hours of sleep and do anything. <laughs> um, 
And so I thought, okay, I could I could see that the market was crashing. I could see that our jobs were drying up. And I could see that people were getting fired that were, you know, junior designers underneath me. I thought, what am I going to do to, you know, survive and be an interior designer? And so one day I had this, like, old flip phone. You remember those old, uh, like Nokia Sidekick. Oh, yes. The sidekick girl with the swivel. The, the swivel those screen. Big, big clunky sidekicks. Yeah, old school. God, I would love one of those right now. <laughs> anyway, and so I went on there, got on Craigslist, and I actually found an opportunity for an audition for a TV show. It was called, it was a Trading Spaces-like television show. Okay. So I had my pictures and all my photography from all of my award-winning designs being a model home merchandiser, and I took those pictures and those, those photos to the audition, and I got the job. I had never done television before. Just found the opportunity in Craigslist, and it turned out to be Trading Spaces. You remember well, that old yeah, show, yeah, from and, TLC. And that was that the first episode. I mean, the first season of it. No, actually, they were reviving the show, so they had canceled the show after like I think six seasons, oh. and then I got on for season seven, eight, and nine. Wow! When they were bringing it back, right? Which is a big freaking deal for and from a first Craigslist. time TV show. From Craigslist, you found that ad. Craigslist. Wow! On my sidekick phone, sitting in my car on a lunch break. <laughs> And so that's how my television career started, you know, just by chance, by taking chances and also by chance, right? right? And so did Trading Spaces for three seasons that went great, but then they canceled that show, moved to Philadelphia and did another show called Drill Team on A&E for a season. That show didn't go also too well. Then I got back to L.A. and I'm like, all right, now I've kind of spun my wheels. I've been I've done television. So like once you've gotten bitten by the bug, you can't really. Right. You can't really go back to regular folk. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, because it's such <laughs> it's just high intensity and it's just it's just like a it's like a whirlwind when you do t television. And, you know, that, I'm yeah. sure that's why you get so addicted to doing this, this that type of industry. No. Right. Exactly. And, you know, it's, you kind of feel like you can't go back to like selling furniture, at, right. <laughs> you know, at a at a local lazy boy or it's so fast paced. So, yeah. so many perks. Yeah. And yeah. you kind of get like, a, I'll be honest, the ego gets in the way, too. And you're like, I've done television. I'm not going to sit in an office anymore. Right. Yeah. So um, so I got back and that, that that my ego was in the way. And I couldn't quite find another opportunity, and I was kind of spinning my wheels, and I was my savings were drying up, and I'm like, oh no! Like, my mom was going, hey, you got to come back to Oklahoma. You know, we can't afford help to afford to help you in Los Angeles, and if you can't afford your own lifestyle there, you need to come somewhere where it's a little more affordable. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. I do need to move. You're right. And I, my girlfriend had called me, and she said, hey, I'm going to Hawaii for a uh, for a wedding. Do you want to come? You know, I've, I've already paid for the hotel. You got to do is pay for your flight. And I was like, all right, I'm going to Hawaii then for vacation, which was a bad idea. With $200 in my account. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, especially uh, we're so young. We're just like so com um, impulsive with trips. But it ends up being like right? such a good opportunity that you took when you, when you went exactly. to Hawaii. You know? Right. That's exactly right. So I go to Hawaii with $200 in the bank account and no... No idea of where the next dollar was coming from. <laughs> Went to Hawaii, had the best time of my life. I'm telling you, like, I was swinging from branches in the in the jungles and <laughs> diving off waterfalls oh. and having the best time with the most the sexiest men on earth. Hello, <laughs> Hawaii is just magical. Yeah. It was magical. It's magical there. And so I get back and I, I, I the plane ride home. I'm crying my eyes out because I didn't want to leave. And I go, you know what? I'm just gonna move to Hawaii. I just set my intention to move to Hawaii. I got back to LA. An opportunity fell in my lap where I made just enough money to pack my shit and go. Wow. Um, I finished the job within a less than a month. 
and had moved back to Hawaii in in exactly a month's time. Wow. But there I was with no job, no pot to piss in, and no window to throw it out, right? Yes. And I was like, I got to Hawaii, and I'm like, uh-oh, now what, you know? Right. So... Just utilizing my resources, I started writing the local newspapers and telling them that I was there and, and that a trading spaces designer had moved to the island, right. you know, utilizing my own, I, I hate to say it, but I had to kind of brag on myself a little bit just because, you know. No one knows who you I, I are. Not, yeah, exactly. I, I acted as my own PR agent. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. And uh, wrote all the newspapers and all the local news channels. And they started allowing me to come on the news. And then they gave me my own segment. And then I started getting clients. And I went from having like three clients that I had kind of solicited off of Craigslist. That sounds creepy, but <laughs> from my Craigslist advertisements yeah. uh, to over 1,400 clients in my four years of living there. What? It was so awesome. Wow. That, and, that, awesome. And, that, and that's how you hustle when you ha- have nothing. You have to make something, you know? Exactly. Straight exactly. Hustle. You just have yeah. to hustle it. Yeah. Finesse yes. the system. Finesse, yes. And, 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 and use your and, talent. And your, your, raw, your raw, genuine talent. Right. Thank you. But I, I mean, honestly, if you're not going to do it, who is? Right. Yes. So there was nobody. I couldn't afford a PR agent. So at that time, I just had to do my own thing and, yeah. and announce myself a little more um, uh, anonymously. Right. <laughs> and you're armed. You're armed with the knowledge on, on how to do these things, right. you know, because in a way you've been a part of the, the TV industry at that point. So you know how to how to how to really pitch yourself. That's true. But you know what? I Even if you don't, for those of you who are listening, like sometimes you just got to like Pat your own back and, you know, and sure. like raise your own hand and let people know that you exist. I mean, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot. I, I'm not really? I'm not good at highlighting my my strengths. And it's it's hard to to, to yeah. be that way. But that's amazing that, you know, you have that and like and you just. Yeah. But you know what? It. I, I will. I encourage you to try it. Do you never know what happens when you step out on, on a limb and, sure. you know, and, and promote your own self because no one else is going to do it for you. For sure. You know, right. no one else. And also and also, it, you know, dealing with rejection, you know. Just take the rejection and move yeah. and keep moving, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, rejection is a part of the process. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's part of the high. Lots you know? of learning there. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So did that. Loved. I would have probably still been in Hawaii right this instant, swinging <laughs> off branches and drinking martinis on the beach. Well, margaritas, really. Margaritas. <laughs> or mojitos. Mojitos, pina coladas, the whole nine, right. all of that. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um had it not been for one day, I got a call from um, one of my old producers from Trading Spaces and who was producing a show uh, for Tyra Banks, um, which was the national talk show Fab Life. And um, they had been doing a lot of auditions, but hadn't found the right person. And they said, hey, we'd really like to see if you were, would come out and, and audition for the show. And I, I, at this point, I owned my own furniture store. I had my, a beautiful apartment. Wow. I was like hustling that whole situation. Yeah. And and I was like, well, I'll come back and audition for this show. You know, why not? Yeah. And I did. And I knew the instant that I got on that stage, the instant that I walked down the hall towards the towards the audition, that I that this is where I, what I was meant to do. Like I just it just reverberated through my body. Wow. Wow. And I killed the audition and I kept coming back. They kept sending me back to come do more testing for oh, the really? show. And I was like, this is in the bag. I got it. And I was like, this is it. I'll never have to do anything again. <laughs> I've landed a national TV show. Call my mother. She can retire. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that's what I thought was going to happen. Right. But I got the show. So you, you moved know, back to LA moved then. Moved back to LA. Keep in mind, I was a single woman living my best life on the yeah. beach, you know what I mean? Um, and then, and gave that all up to come back to the show. Yeah. 
did, and we, and you know, the show aired in September, and by like December, we had been canceled. <laughs> no. Wow. Talk about rejection, right? Yeah. Yes. And in January, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> oh. But with a beautiful baby, a new baby. Well, yeah, but I, well, it wasn't the sunny feeling I had initially. <laughs> exactly. All those moments of, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, you, you, can you imagine losing your job and finding out you're having a baby within about two weeks' time? Crazy. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. And so how did you manage those feelings? What did, what did you do? Oh, man. That's a good question. What did I do? Cry. Cry. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And, 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 then, and vent to your entire friends and family now? Well, not exactly. Right, <laughs> I, I was certainly upset about the job loss, but I didn't really feel comfortable telling my family that I was having a baby yet. I mean, let's just go there. I was dating and um, had been seeing one person, but he I wasn't taking him very seriously. And um, we had recently started dating. So <sighs> confession, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I knew my son's father for about two months before I got pregnant. <laughs> I'm sure I'm like, maybe some of you listeners can identify with that. But there was no long, crazy romance. Yeah. It was really... Um, it really came out of the blue. Passionate, quickly. <laughs> it was a quick passion. Quick passion. Um, so, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone in that that sentiment. But I was also, you know, 30-something years old. You know, I was well into my 30s. And... And I thought, well, I've, I'm going to have this baby, you know. So right. I was excited about having a baby, but I was also very, you know, nervous about the future and, um, you know, about it all. Yeah. Were, were you thinking yeah. of like possibly like abortion or any of those things that came into your head? Like nor like regular women, you know, we have these feelings. Hell yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know him as well. I didn't know what my future held well, but... Um, you know, again, I was old enough to have a child. It wasn't like I was, you know, in your early twenties. Yeah, exactly. Like I had, I'd, I'd lived the life I've lived, darling. So yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> this time. <laughs> you, clearly, you, the Lord was like, enough with the living. You, you, you juiced your twenties as much as you can. Just squeezed every drop out of it. Yeah, there was nothing I hadn't checked off the list at that point. I think. So. I think in those moments, I think you follow your heart, right? In your kind exactly. of your gut. What What is your gut telling you? you exactly. Know? Well, I, yeah, that's the other thing too. My uh, My gut was like, quit drinking and take a break. We're gonna give you a nine month dry out period to like get your shit together. You know, what everything I mean? happens for a reason. Exactly. It really does. Yeah. And so. You know, I, I didn't tell my parents initially. I didn't tell anyone. I went and got all the genetic testing to make sure that it was, you know, right, that right. he was healthy and safe. I mean, yes. Um, you know, before I, because before I made any announcements, and you told, and you told the the father, the father, father yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, great! This is wonderful." <laughs> I'm sorry. What's your middle name? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, you know, he was really, he was actually really excited, which made me feel more oh, positive yes, about the Yes, definitely. And so I decided to have a baby. And and we decided to have a baby together. You know, we were, we were, we, we tried to, we tried to make a relationship work. And it did for about three years, you know. Um, we really did. Uh, give it a go. You know, he's a wonderful person. He's just not my person. Right, right. 
And when you, I think that 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 lesson came with like being a little bit more mature and being a little bit more older, recognizing what it is that I needed from a relationship, and then what he was able to give, and vice versa. Right. And so, um, but amazing, you guys gave it that shot. Yeah, we yeah. tried it. And so lucky because a lot of women and or a lot of single women or single guy, dads, they don't have a very you know fluid relationship that you can communicate and be able to you know balance the the, the time. Right. Well, the, you know, it goes back to the ego, too. It's like people get I recognize that my relationship with him is independent than his relationship with my child. So although he's not the man for me, he's still always going to be the father for my son. Yes. And I had to take myself out of the situation and like my feelings of how of the the needs that weren't being met, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. away from like it really just had to be a mature decision. I knew that I couldn't be with him forever, that I wasn't getting the love that I wanted, but I knew that I'm stuck with him forever because he's my son's father. So it was a conscious uncoupling. Isn't that what the Hollywood people are doing now? Conscious uncoupling. Oh, is that that a new term? Yeah, can you tell us about that? Isn't that Gwyneth Paltrow? She's like doing a conscious uncoupling with her husband. I don't know. Conscious uncoupling. Basically, it's like a separation, obviously. Conscious uncoupling. It was really just like... So it's it's, it's almost, instead of saying, oh, we split up, it's like, it's it's almost like the mature way of saying we split up because it's conscious. We talked about it. We came to an agreement, a term terms. Yeah. I mean, it was a little less than that initially. (laughs) I don't want to paint a rosy picture. There was some dramatic moments initially. Yes. But like... I had to really say to myself, you know, I've watched other friends, other single mothers who have been, you know, gotten into with their their baby's fathers and, you know, and they put themselves in the middle of it. So it's like they use the child as a leverage point or as a manipulation. And even in my experience with my own parents and their divorce, I recognized how like traumatic it was later on in my life, my parents' divorce and how... Uh, you know, just honestly, even knowing too much about my parents' divorce was traumatic for me. You know what I mean? And I didn't recognize it as trauma then, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that wasn't fair. I shouldn't have known that about my parents' divorce, you know? I so, think there's a balance, right, with what yeah. you tell them and how you tell them and what you don't. You, know? yeah. you don't have to know everything. Or even what they see. Like, he could see if, if my son, who's, a, you know, a toddler, could see that if we're in the same room and grouchy and angry and mean and, you know what I mean, at each other, that you could feel the energy. Yeah. And that just spills on him. It's like a, it's an imprint on him. So yeah. right, like they say that, like a lot of therapists say that, um, even children with that have had trauma. It's not even about that. It's not even like it's everything. It's not just the energy, but it's like also eye contact. It's like smells. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it, it's body movement. It's everything. Yes. Yeah. And you know, when we talk about trauma too, we talk. You know, you think of tra- I generally tend to think of trauma as like a major event that happened that changed the course of my life or you know, a really painful experience, but trauma can actually seep in over yeah. long periods of time. Yeah. Right. How you talk about somebody yes. is is traumatic for somebody, especially when you share DNA with them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So if I were to say, oh, your dad is, isn't shit and he's a mean guy and yeah. I really can't stand him. You know, those are just words that I feel about him, but that doesn't, those feelings don't have to be my child's feelings mm-hmm. towards his father. Right. And I know that from my own personal experience with my parents' divorce. Yeah. And we're constantly chipping away from <coughs> our parents unable to heal, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. We're constantly so, chipping yeah. and chipping and chipping away. It's so, true. So I'm super thankful and good to hear that you are like, you, you're you very conscious yeah. of that. And like, and you are trying to be the best mom you can be single, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and really, my big my biggest point is 
raising the best human I can raise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like giving him everything that he needs to be successful. Yeah. And breaking the cycle of trauma. Of, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that'll ever, ever go away. Let's let's pray right. and do our all of our best, you know, but we all yeah. have we all have issues right. and we all have tendencies, yeah. but, you know, we could all just try our best. Yeah. And I that's think, all we are doing, I think. I think yeah. as we get older, too, we realize that our parents did try their best, you know, yes. but they have their own traumas. Like yes. we have our traumas and everyone just has their things. And you, know? you can only give somebody what you have. Yeah. Right? You can't give somebody anything you don't have and the tools to like deal with, you know, your own shit. Not everybody has those tools. It's not like you can go down to Home Depot and get the <laughs> fix your life tool. You right, know what I mean? Right, like right. that just yeah, doesn't we're exist. So, we're so blessed to really yeah. have the uh, uh, possibility and opportunity to really look within. Yeah. Some yeah. Are, you know, our parents, they had kids when they were in their 20s. We had spent our 20s going inward, asking yeah. ourselves questions, exactly. living yes. in Hawaii. Hello. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So what do you, and, so what do you oh, think? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lauren. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, not everybody's on the same page, too. So when you are an enlightened individual or someone who's trying to practice your best life of consciousness, <clears throat> maybe your baby's daddy isn't either. So it's like, or isn't. So you have to, like, really be patient and forgiving, you know. But luckily for you, your your relationship with, with your son's father is, is, is good. And he is, and he's conscious as well. It, no, it's a work in progress. <laughs> really? But, yeah, it's a work, you know, like, yeah. I, that's. Part of the reason why he's not my human, but that's okay. But yeah, you didn't get uh, to interview him within the two months, you know? <laughs> not at all. Exactly. So I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, so that's so awesome. Okay, so let's move on. So the be- another question that Liz had, what do you think is the best parts of being a 21st century mom? Oh, my God. <laughs> iPads. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Really? How do you feel <laughs> no. about that? Because me and Liz always talk about seeing kids with iPads. I know. And, you know, it's this double-edged sword for a parent. Like, so right, for right. anyone who's listening who's, like, single uh-huh. and doesn't have kids, who doesn't want to be on an airplane and not hear kids screaming and kicking and fussing or right. at a restaurant and not hear kids screaming, kicking, and fuzzing, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the only way to do that is to hand a kid an iPad because, like— <clears throat> it's it's a kind of a pacifier, if you will, to keep them contained in a public space so that they're not being rambunctious or acting a fool. And I was the person who would be like, look at that kid on that iPad. Put that <laughs> thing down and enjoy the real world. But now I'm the mother who's like, I want to have a margarita with my girlfriends. Here's an iPad. <laughs> or, you know, I want to yeah. fly on this flight and not be the girl with the screaming baby. So let me give my what, kid an what iPad. What kind of things does he use yeah, the iPad for? It, what kind of games, right? Because there's games on Oh, there. there's games, yeah. He's not to that stage yet. Right now, it's like mostly learning videos. Oh, okay. so Old videos, okay. Yeah, and there's actually, he's so amazing. Like, he knows his colors and his numbers, just mainly from, from those uh, things. So for all those listening, I don't give my kid an iPad at home, <laughs> but in public, <laughs> it's kind of like his treat to acting, you know, uh, appropriate in public. That's Otherwise, good. he'd be bouncing oh. off the walls and kicking the back of your chair on an airplane. Or it's balance, you know. Exactly, yeah. it's balance. Yes. balance. If he was on it at home, out, like at all times, then it's exactly. you know, it's then then you question, oh, how how much is he getting from this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if it's it's all about balance. It really is. It's totally about balance, and it's also about yeah. the content that you're letting your kid 
kid watch to. You know, it's all there's some really incredible learning apps that that are really fun for them and entertaining for them, but also really educational. So I'm really grateful for that. But beyond an iPad, I know that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) The the incredible amount of networking um, that you can do as a mother now in the 21st century is is amazing between Facebook groups and social media. There's a really big community of women who are just like me, and you can find a commonality, whether you're a single mom or an African-American mom or uh, a pregnant mom, you know, you can really find a community of people that raise and lift you up and give you great advice and are really helpful. That's that's really a wonderful thing. And then and then there's so much at your, available at your fingertips now. Yeah. I feel like there's so many resources to help um, give me information. Right. Um, like so many, so many different blogs, so much information yeah. just out there that you could have a question and just Google it and, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And Amazon, of course. I'm really <laughs> grateful for like, <laughs> I'm forgetful now too. So I'm like, oh, great. There's the diapers right at my door. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, we, I think we are living in, in definitely the best, best, best time in, in our life yeah. with the digital yes. realm, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, take it as you can, but Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so um, I was going to I was going to say um go ahead, Liz. tell us so after after you 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 got pregnant, you go, you had the baby. What happened? How did you end up figuring out the work stuff because you had at that point had a break. Right. Yeah. Didn't have a job and then what ended up right. happening? Right. So I I consider myself a work from home mom, not a stay at home mom, right? I w- after having the baby, I was working pretty uh, hard on uh, my blog, homegirlnextdoor.com. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll put, the, um, we'll put the link in the in the in the perfect. YouTube thing. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. I and then and then I was just going through a personal transformation after a while. Like, um, so there's a little lull in the blog, but there it's coming back. Um nice. however, working working from home really meant that I was like, you know, doing a lot of pre-production for different shows that okay. I w- was participating in. Um I've since start since I, I was actually pregnant on my first season of Homemade Simple on the Oprah Winfrey Network, which is the show I work on now. And that comes on every Saturday morning. So make sure you set your DVRs. Yes. <laughs> and that's the the open Oprah Network. <clears throat> yes. I work now on uh, Homemade Simple. <clears throat> I'm actually going into my fourth season as we speak. So I was working up until I was nine months pregnant. Wow. Like two weeks before I had my baby, I was on my hands and knees not that way, painting baseboards <laughs> on a floor. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> yes. And I was like, in the hot summer sun, and I was like, what the hell am I doing down here? Like, I had to take a moment and, and pause. But, um, yeah, so I was just working, you know, a lot. And, and I got to say, it was the best therapy for me because I did hit a little bit of a slump after the baby. Like, I just felt like I couldn't do anything right. And I think that's part of the postpartum, like, just – expression of guilt and the anxiety postpartum anxiety and new motherhood yeah learning everything is new yeah and it was like so foreign to me i'd never i really did not think i was gonna have children okay um and i really did not think that i was gonna be a mother i just didn't think that was in my plan yeah i think i think because you're just such a career oriented woman that you kind of had that in your forefront of your head Right. Right. Exactly. And I was like, if it happens, it happens. But I was holding out for Dwayne Johnson and he had just had a baby. So I knew it wasn't going to happen for me. 
<laughs> I thought The Rock was going to come knock on my door and propose marriage and I was going to be like okay sure I'll have all your beautiful babies but I knew that was a long shot so I was like I guess no babies for me hey but you made other things happen You who knew true you know? you're right Dwayne if you're listening I'm still ready <laughs> whatever your son is like the most beautiful baby I've ever seen so thank you thank oh, you so, so cool. much he's a lovely young man he really oh, is so good um, so so just getting back into the work uh, realm was really was actually kind of freeing for me because it helped me get my mind back in the game. Mm-hmm. And it, it allowed me to get build some confidence in myself again, because, you know, it's like I didn't know anything about a baby, but I knew everything about work, you know. Right. And so, so you almost in a way regained confidence with work. And it helped you with motherhood. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, wait, I do know things. Well, yes. I got this. I got yes, this. exactly. So then when I'd come home from a long day of work, I'd be like, oh, okay, all right, I know how to change a diaper. You know, like, diarrhea doesn't scare me. <laughs> right, right. Um, I see that, like, after women have their, their babies and stuff, do you feel like you, like, after you had the child, like, you work harder, you push you you push more on your career because you have to provide yeah. more, too? Yes, yes, absolutely. I had, there was more at stake. There still is more at stake, you know yeah. what I mean? Even, and, and I'll be, I'm sure any parent can understand this. There is so much anxiety that comes from having a baby because you're like, especially if you've ever like been broke before, like in your 20s, you know, you've ever been had like $200 in your account or less. Yes. And you're like, I never want to get back to that. Right. Well, now you got a baby and you can't get down to that anymore. You know, like you can't be scraping the bottom of the barrel when you have a baby. And it's right. just a really like anxious place to to start your life from so you know you just got to forge ahead and you know try to create new ways to make you know more money because there's a lot more at stake right you kind of have to suffocate all all excuses and just (laughs) and just pivot keep pivoting right exactly and and you know what and and kind of like in hawaii you gotta you can't be afraid to promote yourself because at this point now you got you really have a lot to lose and so you really have to utilize your resources toot your own horn um, you know, raise your hand and say, hey, I'm over here. I, I deserve, you know, a great opportunity or right. a job or whatever it is. Awesome. So what's what's your daily li- what's your daily balance with motherhood and work now? What's it like? Oh, God. I'm still <laughs> figuring it out. Yes, yes. <laughs> still figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, well, I quit drinking, so that's great. Uh, it's definitely opened up my eyes to a lot of things, which is wonderful. Uh-huh. So the margaritas and the cocktails have now been replaced with tea and soda. Yeah. Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, but you're so fun when you're drunk. <laughs> I know, aren't I? I'm actually pretty fun when I'm not drunk, I found out. <laughs> yeah, you're so fun. I'm having so much fun. What yeah, right. I know. You know, I mean... one of the things that I've learned about <clears throat> motherhood now is like, is the, the really the importance of self-care. Like, I used to hear self-care and I'm like, great, get my nails done or go and like, you know, get my hair done. But it's not even that. Like, those are just things. Well, that's self-care just like- to me is like taking the time out to like check in with what I need because I'm giving so much to everyone else, you know? So it's like, hey, what do I need right now? Sometimes I just need a popsicle. Sometimes I just need to hug myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's about taking care of myself because I can't give anything to anyone that I don't have. And so I have to fill my cup first so I can fill it to others. And sometimes it's taking a bubble bath and just like breathing or reading a book for 30 minutes or gardening in my backyard or even just being quiet. (laughs) Yesterday I found I was in the house by myself. The the baby was at his dad's house. And I was like, there was no TV on. It was just quiet. And I was like, just standing around in the house, you know, cleaning up the bills and, you know, sweeping the floor. And I was like, wow, this is like 
self-care. Yeah. You know? So in terms of balance, I can't be a good employee or a good television host or a good podcast guest if I haven't done a little bit of self-care for myself. Same for being a, being a mother. If I don't take and dedicate even 30 minutes, it doesn't have to be all at one time, but 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, every couple days, just to be able to like check in with myself and what I need, um, then... What? How can I be of any service to anyone else? Yeah, yeah, that's such good, good, great, great advice. And just to that's get grounded, put your feet on the floor, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little yoga. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is, just something. Scrapbooking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this popping just... your pimples. It doesn't matter. Just like <laughs> just doing something that for is yourself. just for you. Yeah. yeah. Taking that time. Right. I think this leads us into the into the the perfect next thing was taking time for yourself and, you know, your trip in Peru. So that's something that you just did. That's something that you invested in yourself, taking time away from work, taking time away from Yeah, which is huge, which is huge. You know what? It really was. And I got to say, like, as a parent, I felt so much guilt for spending money on myself, for taking time out on myself, for going away such a long distance uh, just for me. But I had come to a point... After the separation, uh, my son's father and I separated last year, and this last year has been a real whirlwind of emotions, whether it be grateful for being single again or remorseful for not you know, thinking I didn't give it my all or, you know, angry for it not working out the way I thought I had hoped it would, you know, in the fairy tales. Um, and really just kind of like getting my head around that whole that whole process. And, and, and then I thought, well, you know, listen, the only common denominator between me and my failed relationships is me. So I had to take an introspective look at myself and like and figure out what was going on with me and like what I needed, what I needed for myself so that I didn't wasn't looking for it in other people. Right. And <clears throat> and through that process, uh, I found a life coach who was really instrumental in like helping me. Be a better me, you know? I mean, that's a fair thing to want to to look into. And she recommended I go to Peru, uh, which she was organizing a trip to Peru, which is going to, it was a spiritual journey. And who doesn't need a little bit more spirit? Mm -hmm. So I said, (laughs) you know what? It was a two-week trip. I didn't feel comfortable leaving my baby for two weeks, but I I took a one week off. And I really just invested in myself. I mean, shit. If that if that ain't an investment, I don't know what is. Yeah, you know. Was that your first time away from the from the baby for that long? Yeah, I mean, I've I've done some shows and been out on the road for maybe three or four days, but a week was, or, you know, seven days is a long time yeah. to be away from him. But um, but I knew it was the most important seven days I could spend away from him. It was more valuable than any amount of money I could make, and certainly more valuable long term for his success. Right. And so um, what did you take from that trip? What did you take back from, from that trip? What did you learn? I found myself again. And, you know, you don't realize how I found, I returned to me. It's like before the world got a hold of me, before mm. expectation got a hold of me, before my persona on TV got a hold of me, before my expectations of being a parent or a mother or a daughter or sister or a black woman, mm. any of those, any of those, you know, labels got a hold of me I got to come back to me like I just got to cry if I wanted to or laugh uncontrollably there was a a really amazing group of people that all went there together and we got to really just witness each other's pain and joy and you know jubilation it was just a really great experience and and I really got to check in with me like ask myself what do I need what do I want 
who am I? Yeah. You know, just some really like basic but really poignant questions. Right. Um, and uh, gosh, you know, I did some yoga and did some hiking, you know, and yeah. it returned to nature. Yeah. I know it sounds a little like tree huggy, you know, but, and it was, there was some, even some hugging some trees. Oh, we love that stuff. <laughs> we love that stuff on, con- on Conscious Kitchen. So you could, we could talk about all that all day. Oh, good. Oh, next episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, listen, for all the black girls listening, it was the opposite of black girl experience. It was like, here I am one with nature. You know? yes. But you know what? You know what? You can travel all the, all the way, all the, all over the world. You could travel yeah. to other galaxies, but you went in inside and the deep galaxies and universe of your inside yes. and then yes. that you went far and that's where you needed to go you know yes yes and i gotta tell you is the single-handedly the best experience i've ever had in my life learning about my own self was transformative yes and i had never done that and i it made it made it makes me sad right now to think about how i had neglected myself for so long and didn't even know who I was. I mean, that's the hard work. Yeah. One of the hardest things of being a human, I think, is really asking yourself those hard questions. Yeah, and really looking inwards. Who am I? Why am I like this? Why do I do these things? Right. What do I need? Well, it's called consciousness, actually, which is so ironic that the name of this, this program is Conscious mm-hmm. Kitchen. Because it is about being conscious, aware of who you are, what you put into this world, what you expect to receive out of it, why you do the things you do. The con- you know, all of us are just kind of doing things, just yes. moving along and getting through life. But like when you stop and go, okay, why am I doing this? Do I even like this? Yes. Is this the kind of person I even want to be? Reflection. Yeah. It just changed. You're like, oh, shit. No, I don't like this. <laughs> or I do like this, whatever it is. Right. Yes. And it really gives you, it grounds you. So um, I did that. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I'm sure not everyone can go to Peru to find themselves, but... <clears throat> I boy, do I encourage everyone to take a moment to just really start yeah. to like witness them, their own selves. Yeah. But yeah, and there are so many other ways. You know, Laura has been a big advocate of journaling, and that's something that right. you can do that's free that really ha- oh, pushes God. you to, to oh, be man. introspective. 10 minutes a day of journaling is a life changing could heal. You could definitely do some deep healing reflection of yourself, just just journaling. Yeah. 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 And, and even sometimes I journal, but I use my left hand, which is not my dominant hand, oh. just to write. And you find that you can, it expands your mind too. Just, oh. you know, writing with a different hand can help you like think things out, get a lot of shit out that oh, you never wow. I, I never, I've never heard of that. Really? I thought of that. Yeah. It's a really good way to journal. Yeah. Wow. You're, and you're or, also training the, if you're right-handed, you're training your left side of your brain. If you're writing with your left side, you're training the right side of your brain. Mm-hmm. It's good but stuff. Do, do you feel like when you're journaling, do you get different kinds of emo- thoughts and emotions out when you're doing it with your left hand? Yeah. Well... I think like I I feel like uh, when I use my left hand, it just makes me think a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like, or uh, like maybe it's the brain train. I don't, right. Maybe it's training my brain. I'm not sure. Right. I was told <laughs> someone told me to write with my left hand, and it's good stuff. Nice, nice. And I feel like when I do that, journaling is an opportunity for you to be really freaking honest with yourself. Like it's the only place you can write down your true feelings. Now you got to hide your journals, good guys. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Don't just leave them out on the counter. But, <laughs> well, you know, it's like an opportunity for you to be truly honest with yourself. I cry every time I write in my journal because I'm like, I didn't know I was feeling that way. <laughs> Girl. Yeah. I mean, it really or if uh, journaling helped me recently just get through some stuff. I was feeling like yeah. I was waiting for this like answer 
that I was like really nervous about. And I kind of just wrote in my journal and it kind of eased the stress. It eased it eased yes. anxiety, you know, just I kept writing the universe is working for me, not against me. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's yeah. always in your favor. Yes. It always works in your favor. Yes. Dude, this conversation's been like amazing and I'm I, I'm just so thankful <laughs> to have you. Um and I've had goosebumps the entire time, so I'm super oh. thankful for you. <laughs> I know, yeah, for, for you guys, because you, you guys have known each other for how long? And it's yes. such a jeez. I'm scared to talk about how long. She, Laura knew me all my twenties. Let's just put it that yes. way. <laughs> just always smile, so big, big smile, always, and good vibes. Yeah, yeah. I love She's it. Great um, vibes, man. So, and, and I gotta tell you, thank you so much. Yes. For everything. Thanks, babe. And is there any anything you want to leave behind? Any insight for young women, uh, single dads to young mothers? Anything else you want to share? I want to let everybody know what I recognize is 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 that everybody feels that they're so alone, that they're the only ones going through, you know, the the trials and tribulations of being a parent. That they feel inadequate or not good enough or never making it Mm. or you know, how am I going to get through this and all these other feelings. And I want everyone to know that there's, they're not alone. Everybody second guesses themselves, certainly parents. Even it, it compounds 10 times over when you become a parent. But no matter what you're going through, I hope that you know that you're not alone. There's a huge community of people out here that feel exactly the same way as you. No one, not one single person on this earth has it right. And I hope, if anything else, that you can just take that and so that you can take some of the pressure off of yourself, Mm. forgive yourself, let go, and just be in the moment with your children. That's all you have. They're the most important commodity you've got. And really invest the time in yourself so that you can give it to your children. That was wonderful. Thank you so much, Lauren. Mm. Yes. Thank you, guys. Amazing. Thanks for having me. Yes. How, can, how, how can our listeners find you? Oh, yes. So please, you can follow me on my social media at Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, Mac, M-A-K-K. It's ghetto. <laughs> and you can also follow my blog. <clears throat> it's homegirlnextdoor.com. Awesome. And also watch her, the fourth, fourth season, right, on the Oprah Network? Yep. It's the ninth season, but my fourth season of Oprah Winfrey Network. It's or on Oprah Winfrey Network. Homemade Simple every Saturday morning with Layla Ali is the guest, is the host. Oh, amazing. And uh, yeah. Amazing. Thanks, That's guys. So and cool. thank you, Beats by Dre, for the headphones for this season um, This season and for this episode. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, all right. Thanks, you sounded Beats. great all the way from Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap thanks, it up. Beats. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, thank everybody. You. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Conscious Kitchen. Tune in next time. <laughs>